You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good. Well, I've been dealing with, uh, we've been talking about God fighting for us. Am I correct? But this morning, I, I, want to, I want to share on the Lord of hosts. All right? The Lord of hosts. Or if you like, you can say Jehovah Sabbath. The Lord of hosts. I want to introduce you to the Lord of hosts this morning. Lord of hosts. Why don't we just pray? Stretch your hands to me. Just pray. Father, speak to me. Come on. Talk to the Lord. Mandala Baso. Reveal yourself to me as the Lord of hosts. Yes. The Lord of the army. Mighty God. Lord, flood my mouth with utterance this morning. I receive grace. I receive utterance. Reveal yourself. Accompany your word with signs following. Let signs and wonders follow your word. Oh God, thank you. Back your word. Oh Father, this morning, in every life here, in Jesus' name, amen. You see, in these days that we're living in, we need to know God. This is the time to really know God. This is not the time to know about God. Okay? This is not a time to be religious. This is a time to have an intimate relationship with God. To know God personally for yourself. You cannot know, you cannot know God through your parents. You need to know God for yourself. You need to know God for yourself. You cannot know God through your pastor. You know God for yourself. Because there are some battles that you go in with the Lord, with the revelation of God that you have. That's what you take into the battle. So if you don't have it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. So you need to have it for yourself. Okay? Yeah. So this morning I'm introducing to you the Lord of hosts. This is a particular revelation of God. And it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite because I see that it's, it's the most stated in Scripture. It's the most stated in Scripture. And it's vast. It's vast. Before, before he revealed himself as a Lord of hosts, he revealed himself as um, he revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. You know, he revealed himself uh, to, to him as Jehovah Jireh. You know, there were different revelations of God before he now opened the curtain and revealed this dimension of himself as the Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts simply means the Lord of the armies. A host, host means armies. There are different types of armies 
that God has. So he introduced himself as the one that is the head of all the armies. And the first time we see this revelation is in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1. Prior to this time, God had been revealing himself. But now, he's bringing another dimension of, his, of, of himself because he wants to begin to work in a particular way. Okay. So in 1 Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 1, we are introduced to a family here. We are introduced to Elkanah. It says in verse 1, Now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was, was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. He had two wives. I came across a group on Facebook. They call themselves Christian polygamists. <laughs> I said, what the hell is going on here? And these people are engaging. Seriously. What a shame. Yeah, what a shame. If you study the word of God, you see, the fact that there were polygamists in that time does not mean that it was God's plan. Do you understand me? It does not mean that it was God's plan. As a matter of fact, even people like, people like um, David, who was a polygamist, Solomon, you, you see their, their families. Do you see the trouble in their families? Yeah, polygamy is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So, God, God allowed them, but it's not because it was his plan. Okay? Jesus told us that in the beginning, God made them male and female, man and woman, husband and wife. If God wanted to, to sanction polygamy, he would have given Adam more than one. Do you understand? If he needed more than one helper, God would have given him one. But God did not give him one because that is the pattern. That is the pattern. That's the divine pattern. Christ has only one wife. Okay? One bride. That's the church. Christ does not have many brides. He does not have two brides. He only has one bride. And if marriage is a type of the relationship between Christ and the church, just look at that picture. Tell me where polygamy fits. 
Oh, Pastor, we are Africans, you know, our culture, are this. Suit yourself. But I'm just telling you God's will. Okay, I'm telling you God's will. So in case you are thinking. <laughs> in case you are thinking. In case the thought crosses your mind that by the way, in the Bible, some of our patriarchs Just keep quiet. Because he has stated in his word clearly. You do what you want. And then you'll meet when, you know, on the last day. And you'll explain to him how. <laughs> yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, Pastor, but I know Chief uh, King, he is born again, although he has, you know, Let's not go there. We're talking about the Lord of hosts. Okay? The Lord of hosts. So, Elkanah had wives. Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. I think that Hannah means grace. It also means favor, but yet she was not favored. Isn't that interesting? So it appeared, especially in a time where having a child was an indication of God's favor. A heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. That's what the Bible says. So it was as a time, at a time that having a child was an indication that God So the next verse, look at verse 3. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to whom? The Lord of hosts in Shiloh. This is the first mention of the Lord of hosts. Okay. So he goes to worship with his family. He would take his family three times. The Bible required that they come up before the Lord every year to, to, um, to sacrifice, right? So also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, the priests of the Lord were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. He would give a double portion, for he loved her, although the Lord had closed her womb. Oh, my. So tough. Yes? And her rival also provoked her severely. Who is her rival? Penina. That's what happens in a polygamous home. There is rivalry. There is rivalry. You cannot stop it. 
Yes? Yeah. So she, she provoked her severely to make her miserable. Can you see? The motive was to see that she's miserable. I don't know if, you, if any of you come from a polygamous home, you know what I'm talking about. Yes? Yeah. So because the Lord had closed her womb, so she kept provoking her, rubbing it in. Look at you. You are coming to sacrifice. No child. What is the use? Why can't you just stay at home? Let people that have children come and sacrifice. Huh? And she would say all kinds of things. And Hannah is going there every year. And she knew this is an appointment with God. But at the same time, it's an appointment with mockery. It's an appointment with misery. Hmm? Have you been in a situation where you feel you are coming to meet with God and at the same time there are certain things that are staring you in the face? You are coming before God. You want to wait on the Lord. You want to minister to God. You want to fellowship with God. There are things that are staring you in the eye eyeball to eyeball, and are telling you, don't waste your time. It's not working. It's not working for you. You don't deserve it. It's for people who deserve it. And yet, they were coming to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts, the Lord of the armies, the fighter himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. She provoked her. And therefore she wept and did not eat. Will you be able to eat? If you are faced with all of that. Your appetite flies away. You look at food and the food is not appealing. Have you, have you, have you gone through situations and you're facing certain things in life that you look at food and you are just angry at the food? Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. You know, she wept and did not eat. Verse 8. Come on. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah? Am I not better than ten sons? You are not. <laughs> yes. He is trying to encourage her. He is trying to appease her. He is trying to take her out of her misery. But he doesn't have the power to. He doesn't have the power to. He cannot take her out of that situation. She's stuck in that situation. Alright? Let's read on. So, Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And 
she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. I want you to notice that. It was in bitterness of soul. Her soul was carrying bitterness. Though she, her name means favor, she had bitterness. The word bitter is from the Hebrew word marah. You know, she had, she had all that inside her and she was praying to the Lord and she wept bitterly. She wept bitterly. She was in distress of soul. Her soul was torn apart. Because this thing was unbearable now. Every year she's facing this thing. Every year it's staring her in the face. And Penina had sons and daughters. And they will come. Mommy, oh, they will say all kinds of things to rub it in again. And I'm sure Hannah didn't have the kind of respect that she should have from those children. Because children watch the parents. They take their cue from there. If their mother does not respect Hannah, they will not respect Hannah. If their mother makes a mockery of Hannah, they would make a mockery of Hannah. Amen? So you can imagine her situation. Verse, 10, verse 11. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, can you see? She made a what? A vow. A vow. To the Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. My, oh my. Who told her to do this? Who told her? Sometimes, when you are faced with a situation, what it takes for you to get out of that situation is a vow. It takes a vow to get out of certain situations. Lord, if you will do this for me, I will do this for you. Hannah was so smart Eli was getting old. I mean, he was old anyway. Right? His sons were not priesthood material. Because they were corrupt. The Bible says they were corrupt. They were immoral. And she identified a need in the house of God. Right? Remember, she wants God to fight for her. She wants the Lord of hosts to fight for her. But how does she do it? She identifies and she sees, God, you need a replacement for Eli. I need a son. Come on. Yeah. Somebody say, oh, she was bribing God. That's your earthly corrupt thinking. Yeah. No, it's not corrupt. This is wisdom at work. 
She says, God, if you will give me a male child, I'm asking for a daughter now. Okay? A daughter can come later. For this one, a replacement of Eli has to be male. So, I'm asking for a male child. If you will give me one, I'm going to give him to you. And he will be there all his life. But I want you to see that it is the revelation of the Lord of hosts. She's dealing with that revelation. She's interacting with the Lord of hosts. Now, she's not just interacting with uh, God Almighty. Do you understand? Now, she's interacting with the Lord of hosts. And this is the one that fights. This is the God that fights battles. I will give him to you. And she made this vow. I don't know if you've ever made a vow to God. I have made some vows. And they have taken me, you know, they've turned things around for me. I've seen God turn things around. Imagine someone says, God, if you will do this for me, I'm going to... Uh, I am going to give the church 10 million. Do you know what that means? It means that you have much more. Isn't it? That you can afford to do that. Or if you will do this for me, I'm going to buy 10 combis. Yeah. Yes. So that we can take people... Come on, pick them up from all over to bring them to church. If you will do this for me, this is what I will do. People don't think like that these days. People don't think like that. They're in the midst of battles, but they don't look and tie their battles to certain needs. They don't. It's all self-centered. It's all self-centered. No wonder we are not seeing as many miracles as we should see. No wonder we are not seeing the Lord of hosts come down and fight the way he's supposed to. Because everything is centered around self. Nothing is linked to his kingdom. It's a pity. But this woman, she blessed my heart. Each time I think about what she did, it's really a blessing. It's a revelation. It's a key. Amen? Verse 12. Look at it. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. He was not even hearing what she was saying. Anguish of soul. Distress. And she's pouring out her soul. And she's making this fire with all her strength. With everything within her. Hallelujah. And this man is watching. Then what happens? Look. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Huh? Only her lips moved. But her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. Come on. Eli, what's wrong with you? This woman is in the spirit. 
and you are in the flesh. She's in the spirit. Eli thinks she is drunk. Yes. Look at what he says. Then Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Yeah, 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 yeah. This man's discerning abilities have gone dim. Dim. He cannot even discern when it is a genuine, deep cry of the heart. He says, put, put your wine away. Put your wine away from you. And this woman says, what? Look at the next verse. Come on, keep going. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. I have poured out my soul. Many people don't know how to pour out their soul before the Lord. Yeah, they don't. Then what, what happens? Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman. In other words, <laughs> drunk women are wicked women. <laughs> For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. Yes? Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. The God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So Eli speaks and says, Go in peace. It is done. It is done. The Lord has done it. Don't be sorrowful anymore. Go in peace. Ignore Penina and focus on the Lord. Doesn't matter what Penina is saying. I don't know if there is any Penina in your life that is saying all kinds of things. Go in peace. This morning you will go in peace. And the Lord will grant you your petition. The desires of your heart will be granted in the name of Jesus. Every penina will be disappointed. They will be disappointed because the Lord of hosts himself will supervise your miracle. Hallelujah. And execute his counsel even concerning your life. Hallelujah. This was Hannah's situation. She appealed to the Lord of hosts. This morning, I don't know if there's somebody that is appealing to the Lord of hosts. The Lord of the armies. He is in the house this morning. He's in the house this morning. And he's here to answer your prayer. Hallelujah. Verse 18, and she said, let your maidservant found favor, find favor in your sight. The woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Hallelujah. She received the word of the Lord. She received a divine intervention. It was just a word that was spoken. She didn't have a feeling. She had a promise. 
She had a promise. And she took hold of that. Then she rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Ha! You see, may the Lord remember you. May the Lord remember you. When you get home, you will discover that the Lord has remembered you. The Lord of hosts himself will remember you. Yes. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. Now Elkanah and all his house went up to offer to the Lord yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, Not until the child is weaned. Then I will take him, that he may appear before the Lord and remain there forever. How many mothers can do this? So Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only let the Lord establish his word. Then the woman stayed and nursed her son until he was weaned. Now, when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bulls, one ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. Then she slaughtered a bull and brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask him. Therefore, I also have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. Power was the revelation of the Lord of hosts. When he reveals himself as a Lord of hosts, it's to perform. It's to perform. He came down at this time in the life of Hannah and brings Samuel. And this Samuel was the last of the judges. Before this period, Israel had no king. They had judges. If you read the book of Judges, you see God would raise one judge after another, one judge after another, one judge after another, and Samuel comes. He's the first prophet that is mentioned. Hallelujah. National prophet. He comes up. But guess what? He was just a child. He was just a child. God needed a prophet. Hannah needed a son. What a combination. What does God need? That you can step in. You say, God, you need this. I'm here. If you will do this, I want to be the one. Amen. I want to 
be the one to buy this building. I want to be the one to buy the first combi. Come on. Yes. What do you what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to believe for? Yes. I want to be the one to plant the next church. To 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 sponsor the next plant. I want to be the one to sponsor the next mission trip. Mission to Malawi. I, I want to build a church in Malawi. I want to be I want to be the one. What what what? What is it that you can look at and take advantage and step in and say, Lord, this is what I want to do. But you have to show up as a Lord of hosts. You have to show up as a Lord of hosts. If you will show up, this is what I'll do. Are you getting my point? I want to be the one to buy the next TV camera. <laughs> Amen. We're going, to, we're going to onto the media soon. And I'm trusting God for some good cameras. One camera is 60 grand. Can you imagine? Just one. Yeah. We need about two or three. I, who is going to step into this? I said, Lord, I want to do this. We need, we, we need to come up with an editing suit. Good, powerful machines. All these things cost money. We will do that. But why am I mentioning all of this? So you know. You know, you know, you know. It's my, the first time I mentioned this. But hey, listen. This is not to manipulate anyone. Amen? Yeah. But I'm introducing to you the Lord of hosts. And Eli happens to, I mean, uh, Samuel happens to be the one that is going to inaugurate the first king in Israel. So you can see the level of Hannah's sacrifice. Uh, She gave up this child. Do you know what it is like? You've been deprived for so long. Then now the child is born. And she takes him to the temple and leaves him there and goes back home. How many people can do that? How many women? Come on. Huh? You see? It's not easy. That, I'm trying, I want you to see that it's not an easy thing. But she did it because she made a vow. She made a vow. How is it going to Eli? How is he, this old man going to look after this child? She didn't, that was not her problem. This is God's problem now. Huh? Some people give and they want to supervise how the offering is. Isn't it? Yeah, no, but she gave and walked away. When I meet her in heaven, I want to have a deep discussion with her. Because I, I th- wow, this is a hero, man. Are you getting me? Yes. And this is the guy. This is the guy that that picks Saul, anoints him. This is the guy that anoints David, the greatest king of Israel.
all from one vow. Can you see how it lined up with divine destiny? How everything lined up for eternity. We'll continue to talk about Samuel. All because of one woman. Hallelujah. It's amazing. It's humbling to think that the Lord of hosts himself will come down just at the request of a woman who is desperate, who has been mocked, who has been, you know, they, they've, they've called her all kinds of names. But let me tell you this. When you read from this point on, you start reading the book of Samuel. You see, lot of hosts, 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 lot of hosts. He starts manifesting himself. He starts, he has come down from, from the time of, of, of Hannah. He doesn't go back. This revelation is left on the earth now. And one of the, one of the, Aspects of God that's going to be revealed in our time is the Lord of hosts. Amen. Lord of hosts. Let me show you a few examples. Yes? Look at Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 7. I want you to see the Lord of hosts in action. At this time... Israel Samuel Samuel is judge over Israel. Samuel has grown, he has matured. He has become a full-blown prophet. Okay? I mean, he started as a child hearing God as a child. Remember how he thought the voice of God was the voice of Eli? Sometimes the voice of God can sound like the voice of your spiritual father. That's a spiritual principle there. But here now, he is grown. He knows the voice of the Lord clearly. Verse 2, so it was that the ark remained in Kerjad, Jerim, a long time. It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts and put away the foreign gods, the Ash Ashtoreth, among you, and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve him only, he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreth and served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water, and poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the laws of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. 
Saul, the children of Israel, said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. Then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord did what? Thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day and so confused them that they, over, uh, they were overcome before Israel. Hallelujah. May God thunder in the camp of the enemy. You see, when the Lord of hosts comes to fight, he can thunder. He uses thunder to fight sometimes. You see, the Lord of hosts, let me tell you something about the Lord of hosts. It's not just a physical army, all right, that he uses. He can use the physical. He can use the spiritual. He uses angels. Sometimes he uses himself. Come on. Sometimes he uses the elements. He uses nature. Nature, everything is part of his host. The sun is part of his host. The moon is part of his host. The stars are part of his host. Can you see how huge he is? Yeah. The star is part of his host. That's why when you see the story of Deborah, the stars fought. You see, how can stars fight? That, 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 that's what happened. When the Lord of hosts is manifesting. Hallelujah. There was an introduction, a slight introduction. Remember when Joshua was before Jericho? In... in, 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 in uh, in, in Joshua chapter 6, is it chapter 6 or chapter 5? Well, it's chapter 5, towards the end, where Joshua saw, saw a man with a sword drawn out. And Joshua goes to him, he says, Are you for us or against us? He says, As the captain of the Lord of hosts. Yes. So there, Joshua had an encounter with the captain. You know, not the Lord of hosts himself, the captain. And, you know, theologians believe that that's a theophany. That's, the, that's Jesus himself. The captain of the host is Jesus. But the Lord of hosts is Jehovah. Are you getting my point? Yeah, so Joshua was introduced, that concept, a little bit, but it wasn't full. Until the time of Samuel. That's when the full revelation came. Yes. Hallelujah. Can you see here? Yes. Joshua chapter 5, 14. He said, um, after Joshua, verse, verse 13. Let's look at verse 13. It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho. that He lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our adversaries? Yes. This man was bold. Yeah. Because if it's you, 
Yes. Yes. So he said, no, but as what? Commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. As the commander of the army of the Lord. As the commander, as the captain. Some, 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 verses, some uh, versions use the word captain. As the commander. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? That was Jesus. You don't worship angels. It's not an angel. Because if it was an angel, as he worships, the angel would have stopped him. But because it was Jesus, Jesus can receive worship. Are you getting my point? Yeah. So as the commander of the army. But the Father himself is coming down on the earth as the Lord of hosts. And he's going to fight for this nation. Amen. He's going to fight for his inheritance. Amen. He's going to fight. He's the one that said to Jesus, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Amen. Sit down. The Lord said to my Lord, sit. Sit, sit. sit down. I'm going to take care of this myself. Hallelujah. And I know that your destiny is sealed in Christ. Anyone that comes to fight against you is going to meet with the Lord of hosts. Now, when the Lord of hosts shows up, I am telling you, you need to pray for them. Just say to the Lord, Lord, take it easy. Didn't ask you to strike like that. Yes. Because when he thunders from heaven, things begin to happen. The Lord of hosts. I pray for a revelation of the Lord of hosts to come to dawn upon you in the name of Jesus. You remember the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When, When David met Goliath, let's turn there. The Lord will show up. He will manifest himself in your life. The Lord of hosts himself will fight for you. He will defend you. He will defend your children. He will defend your family. He will defend your siblings in the name of Jesus. Listen, you are here. Anybody connected to you is brought under this umbrella in the name of Jesus. Yes. In the name of Jesus, I veto any, any move. I use the veto power of heaven to release a manifestation of the Lord of hosts in your life, in your family, in the name of Jesus. The hosts will fight. Because when the Lord comes, when the Lord manifests, things begin to happen telling you when David was before Goliath look at David David we know the story how David approached him with 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 a sling with five stones and a stick in his hand 
And the Philistine made a mockery of David. Verse 42, it says, When the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. He looked at this handsome boy, handsome boy that has not faced the rigors of battle as in his body. Looking so handsome, so fine. It's like, is this what you are bringing to the battlefront? He disdained him. This is not a fashion parade. Why are you bringing this boy to me? <laughs> hey, he disdained him. So the Philistines said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. But look at And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air. And the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin. But I come to you, how? In the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Hallelujah. David had a revelation of the Lord of hosts. So he says to him, You come to me with all these weapons. I come in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. I come with the revelation of the Lord of hosts. Do you have a revelation of the God of hosts? Do you know him as the God of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel? If you will take this revelation into battle, it doesn't matter the Goliath you face. They will come down. Hallelujah. They will come down. Look at verse 46. This day, (laughs) when you know him as a lot of hosts, there's no fear. If you are still afraid, it's because you don't know him yet. You don't know him. If you know him as a lot of hosts, fear runs away. Fear is afraid of you. How about that? He says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. This is the, the youth talking to the experienced giant, experienced warrior. I will take your head off. He says, this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth. That all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. That all the earth will know that there is a God in your life. That all the earth will know that there is a God in our midst. Hallelujah. It's time to cut off the heads of giants. It's time to look for Goliaths and begin to take them on. With the revelation of the Lord of hosts. This is not a time to retreat. This is a time to advance. The kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. This is the time to advance and establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Hallelujah. And in this land, we're going to see the kingdom of God. I'm telling you. I'm telling you before God. It's going to be great. It's going to be explosive to be glorious. Because the Lord of hosts is with us. 
You know, be, gone are the days that people will treat us anyhow and get away with it. Amen. We have entered into another era. Listen to me. Advise anybody that you know that comes against us. Tell them, don't try it. Don't try it. Because the Lord of hosts is with them. And when he descends to fight for them, you can't handle it. Glory to God. And that's how we're going to see mass deliverances. We will see an entire household set free overnight. Tell you, we will see it. We will see it. Entire communities. We will, we will rescue them. Because the Lord of hosts is manifesting in our midst. So it's this revelation that gave David victory over Goliath. And you know what? If you keep reading, you find that David became great because the Lord of hosts was with him. The Lord of hosts was with him. He just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That's what is going to be your testimony. That's what your testimony will be like. I'm telling you. So you need to carry this with you. Amen? You need this? And I want every tribe to go out with the Lord of hosts. As we go out, go say, Lord of hosts. Go with us. Because there are some battles that are raging in the spirit already. You might not be aware, but I'm telling you, there is a battle already. But the Lord of hosts is in our midst. And he is not here to play games. Whenever he comes down, things happen. Things happen. Glory to God. Should I give you one more scripture? Let's look at uh, 2 Samuel chapter 5. Verse 10. Come on. Let's read it together. 1, 2, 3. So David went on and became great. And the Lord God of hosts was with him. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't you want to own that scripture? Yes. Absolutely. Huh? Yes. David went on. You better go on. You better go on. And become great. Become great. This, that is, this is where the church... Listen, now the world does not respect the church. Now the church is almost it's like a mockery. You, you listen to the media sometimes. And I know it's because of some charlatans. But don't worry. The Lord of hosts. With the Lord of hosts manifesting through us, we are going to become a force to be reckoned with. You believe that? Yeah, you are going to be great. Turn, turn to someone and say, you are, you, are, you, are, you are becoming great. Because a lot of horses with you. Amen. 
That's a recipe for greatness. Why? Because he begins to fight. So anybody that comes against you, boom, he shuts them down. It's like, what? How can you? If I tell you the number of people that have been taken out, you'll be surprised. Because the Lord of hosts is with someone. And you, you think you can just go and attack anybody. It's not everybody you can attack. I'm telling you. Watch carefully. Before you attack anybody, check their relationship with God. Check the God that they are working with. You need to be aware. Don't be, don't be a statistic of casualties of war. Yeah. The time has come. I'm praying that the Lord will begin to manifest in our lives, through our lives. When you walk into that office, go with the Lord of hosts. Do you understand me? Yeah. When you go, it doesn't matter. Do you know what? Even if they, if, even if they surround you, gunpoint, just say, where is the Lord of hosts? Poof. See what is going to happen. The Lord of hosts, He will fight your battles. He will fight for you. Don't let anyone harass you anymore. It's enough. From this day forward, I place a seal upon your head by the authority vested upon me, by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lord of hosts Himself. I place it upon you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, wherever you go to, heaven will fight for you. In the name of Jesus, the host will fight for you. In the name of Jesus. Let me just share the story. I don't want to read it, but you go read it. There was a time in the life of David, his son Absalom conspired against him. You remember that time? Do you know how God took out Absalom. Do you, know, do you know how God fought for him? God used the trees. The trees fought for David. Yeah. He's riding, riding. The tree hooked him on his head. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, when the Lord of hosts manifests, everything around obeys him. They begin to fight for you. Amen. Don't joke with, with a man that is in covenant with the Lord of hosts. Don't joke. Don't try it. They tried David. That's how Absalom died. He got hooked. The trees fought. Hello? Have you heard of such a thing? Ha. So anything can be a weapon when the Lord of hosts comes down. Amen. Yes, even the ground can be a weapon. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? Amen. Yeah, he can use the ground to fight for you. Amen. Yeah, he can use the ground. He can use stones to fight for you. The sun, he can use the sun to smite people for you. That's a lot of hosts I'm talking about. 
those hailstones. I remember, this is a true life story. This happened to a man of God in the 80s. I read, I read his testimony, Ernest Angeli. He went to Munich, Germany, to minister. And it was a healing, it was a healing meeting. Miracles were happening. Do you know what? They arrested him for healing the sick without a medical license. Yeah. True life story. They arrested him and they brutalized him. I saw a picture of a security operative that held his, held his hand. He, he, his finger entered into this man's hand. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what tell you the kind of pressure, the kind of fury that the enemy had. Yes, it was a demon. Because that's not normal. They took him, they locked him up. They locked him. He was locked up in a cell. The book is called Cell 15. So that's the number of his cell. He was locked in there. And while he was there, the Lord said, spoke to him. He says, I'm going to take vengeance. The Lord spoke to him and says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Go read it. It's there in the archives. Hailstones fell down in Munich. They say the hailstones were the size of a basketball. Damage. Damages. When the Lord of hosts is with you, anything, he can use anything he wants. For that man, he used hailstones. If you saw pictures of the cars that were parked outside, dent. The, the holes, houses, everywhere. Damage. The moment his plane took off, when he was released, you know, they had to pay a heavy fine to release him. The moment his plane, his jet took off, hailstones started falling. Boom, 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 boom. Never in the history of Germany have they seen those kind of hailstones. Have you ever seen a hailstone the size of a basketball? Imagine if that lands on your head. <laughs> Hallelujah. But then when you go and read the, your Bible, you see that in Joshua chapter 10, God fought with hailstones. He used hailstones to defeat the enemies of Israel. It's coming back. Tell someone it's coming back. Hallelujah. These things were written so we can believe God. And I am just expanding your mind to see that God can fight for you in ways you never imagined. Yeah. So the time will come. People will come to us and plead for mercy. Why? Because God has dealt with them. Dealt with them. I've shared this story before how well, a lady that was in our church back in Nigeria those days, and they had been, I didn't realize they had been trying to kill me. Put poison in our food, you eat, nothing happened. They put charm on my seat so that when I sit down and I get up, she says, uh, I will fall sick and die. Nothing happened. They did everything, nothing happened. On one day, one Sunday afternoon, she comes to my house. We were sitting down. 
I think she brought some food for us. <laughs> Came to serve us. And then she says, please. And she kneels down. Please. Pray for me. I don't want to die. I said, what? What does that mean? He said, no, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Please pray for me. I said, I can't just pray. You have to tell me what it is. How can you just die like that? How can you just die like that? You can't just die like that. What's the story? Then she opened up. She says, we have been trying to kill you. I said, what? Who are the we? Because she says, we have been trying to kill you. I said, who are the we? Then she mentioned someone that we knew that the enemy was using. She said, we've been, oh, okay, tell me. Tell me some more. I got enough information. I said, okay, so why, why do you say I have to pray for you? You know what she said? She said, an angel appeared to me and told me that if you don't pray for me, I'm going to die. The Lord of hosts. He dispatched an angel. Amen. All this nonsense must stop. Amen. So I said, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to pray for you. <laughs> you have to tell me the truth. Tell me the truth or else I'm not praying for you. And she was crying. She was crying on her knees, shaking, shaking. Then I said, you have to repent. Ask the Lord to forgive you. He says, touch not my anointing. You try to. So ask him to forgive you. She was there. Lord, please forgive me. Oh, you know. Pray, pray. After that, my wife and I, we prayed for her. We just laid hands on her and prayed. Okay, fine. You're free. Go. Oh, yeah, of course. We ate the food. We ate the food. Yeah. We have been eating the food every Sunday. Every Sunday. For a period of two years, they said to us, don't cook on Sundays. Yeah. She was working for somebody, one of, one of our members. The Lord spoke to her and said to her that she should be giving us food every Sunday. Can you imagine that? For two years. Every week. Huh? So every week, she will send this lady to bring the food. So her, her mistress will cook, and then she will deliver the food. But when the Lord of hosts stepped in, it was a death sentence. A conditional death sentence. Amen. We need to see God like that. Amen. In this day and age. Amen. We're in the dispensation of grace. Amen. And we need some aspects. Amen. So God was being gracious to her. He would have just killed her without, without my knowledge. Then we'll just say, oh, and she was a good girl. No? Sometimes when some people die, you need to be careful what you say. Oh, and she was so humble. She was so always nice. Oh. And listen, she was 
very amazing. If you want to talk about someone that, you know, it looks so loving, very, I mean, a, a heart of service. She used to take care of Rahila. Rahila loved her, and we didn't know she was putting things. Yeah, the Lord revealed to, to my wife. This is what is happening. Listen, you need your eyes to open. Amen. These things are real. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Amen. but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness in the heavenly places. There is real wickedness in the, in the earth. I'm telling you. Yeah. Sometimes we see them, they come around, and we just see them. Ah. We've had experience, so we are not perturbed by them. Yes. Just give them time. God will sort them out. God will sort them out. But you need to be strong in your revelation of God. And I'm telling you, nobody can touch you. I don't care any enchantment that has been spoken over you. I don't care what sorcery has been released over you. I don't care what curses have been released over your life. They are neutralized right now in the name of Jesus. It's time for the power of God to manifest in this land. We need to see, we need to start seeing Sangomas running to church, asking to be helped. Because the angel of God will slap them when they try to touch one of you. In the name of Jesus. Every demon that has been assigned to your life, from now on I declare, their assignment is over. In the name of Jesus. Every power that is warring against your destiny, I release the fire of God over them. Let hailstones follow them in the name of Jesus. The fire of God to consume them. The Lord will go before you as a consuming fire and consume every force, every power in the name of Jesus. The Lord is telling me there's somebody here, there's been a conspiracy in your office. He has sorted it out. You understand? They've conspired against you. He has sorted it out. He has gone and sorted it out. Even at this very moment, heaven has been dispatched. The hosts of heaven have been dispatched to fight for you, to rescue you, to fight your cause. They are going to make peace with you. Just watch and see. They will call you and they will ask for peace. Thank you, Father. I glorify you. I give you praise. In the name of Jesus. There's somebody here. You have been afflicted. There is a sickness you have been carrying in your body. That sickness was put there by demonic powers. There are people. There's been sorcery that has been going on on your behalf. Right now, you can see a pot being shattered. The fire of God has broken it. In the name of Jesus. You are free right now. You are free right now in the name of Jesus. You are free. Yes, they cannot touch you anymore. You are free from this moment. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Somebody here, you've been going in a circle. It's been a cycle like that, cycle. You, you, you cannot get out of it. Now you are liberated. In the name of Jesus, you have found your bearing right now by the decree of the Lord of hosts 
Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We bless your name. Come on, let's stand up. Let's, let's appreciate him. Come on. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.